Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at Benetara Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is Creating Playborhoods, Risky Play. The conversation began with a New York Times article about Mike Lanza's Playborhood experiment in Menlo Park, California, documented by his book by the same name. Most parents want a childhood for their children like they had growing up. Freedom to roam, to take risks, to have unsupervised, unstructured play. Some parents build giant playgrounds with just a few rules in their backyards, like the Lanzas. Some try to create shared communities, like where like-minded parents can come together to celebrate unplugged values. Some parents grow a little more comfortable day by day with open-ended play and risk-taking in very natural ways. I have two parents at the square table with me tonight who practice what they believe and are having lots of fun doing it, even when the risks bring a few bumps and bruises. I have Kim Krams and Jessica Luntz. Let's start by hearing about play and risk-taking in their day-to-day lives. Kim, tell us about your son and get us started. Okay, so I have a little boy named Oliver. He's almost two, and um, he's always been kind of like free-spirited, wild, you know, walked a little earlier than you would consider as, you know, a normal age, Um, always into everything. So I guess he kind of trained me. He's a lot like you as well. Yeah, he is. (laughs) Yeah, he's crazy. So I feel like he trained me, in a sense, to become comfortable a lot sooner than um, I probably would have otherwise. When did you feel that shift? When he started trying to walk. So he started um, really getting a good hold of it around 10 months. So I think at that time when he started climbing everything you know, attempting to, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was scared at first. But then when he really got great balance around like, you know, that 11, 12 month area, that's when I was kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to let, let it be and see if you fall and hurt yourself or if you do, or if you don't, or can you figure it out? Can you not figure it out? You know, and that's just kind of how it went. Okay. That's how it all started. I didn't know you were going to say that, and I'm really glad you oh. said it because I think that is the cornerstone of all of this. Before you can embrace this big ideal of perfect play childhood, you have to trust your children. And yours came remarkably early for a first-time mom, I think. Mm-hmm. That, I, that ability yes. to let go and say, He's, let me see how he handles it. So bravo. Yeah. Um, one more question before I let Jessica introduce herself, and that is, was dad on board in the same way? Absolutely not. <laughs> and I really didn't know the answer to that and he question knows, either. It's okay. He knows. He knows. It's, a, it's kind of a joke in the house, even if he, you know, he, he, he can be sensitive about it. But 
I joke around that he can be a little helicoptery at times. Um, I I definitely was also helicoptery too at a certain at a certain time of his life. But I think also I stay home with him, so I'm around him constantly, and I feel like my comfort level definitely graduated to letting it be and just trying to trust in him a little mm-hmm. bit more. And I, I find that when I trust in him, he's actually going to do better. And he's he he's basically, you know, you, you know whenever you're, you're seeing something go down, you're like, oh, oh, no, 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 that looks horrible. It's going to end horribly. We're going to go to the hospital. All the bad thoughts run through your mind. And so I tell my husband, just take a breath. Don't interfere. Let it go and just see what Oliver does. See how he handles it. And more times than not, it actually turns out great, and he handles it just fine. I agree, because if you allow them to feel the risk and evaluate it for themselves, there is no doubt in my mind that they will not go beyond where they're really comfortable. Right. And if you can give them that gift by two, and I've seen it at 11 months. I mean, I've, I've, see, I've seen it with crawlers. I've seen it, I've seen it at every age. If you just step back and give that little pause, that little delay, breathe for yourself because, of course, <laughs> you're feeling it, um, then they will self-manage. And imagine that by you trusting them, you're raising them to trust themselves. And what better gift can you give them in a high-risk world or a world of uncertainty than to be able to evaluate risk, fear, and and, and all of danger for themselves? Right. Bravo. Thanks. Okay, one more thing? I, I okay. do. Just one more thing. Um, I definitely feel like I'm, I'm in the minority, though, when it comes to, like, family and, and friends, which has been hard. And I'm going to write that down here um, so that we can come right yes, back to it. I would love to. Because I think that that is what makes all of this so hard. Yes. And, and I think that you two and, our, and the person who wasn't able to be with us tonight, Lindsay Almo, is, are, you are three people that um, embrace um, that groundedness and trust for yourselves and work with the judgment and the, um, mm-hmm. all of that other stuff in a way that many, many people can't do mm-hmm. yet. So, yeah. okay, we'll come back to being in the minority. Okay, okay Jessica, um, describe risk <laughs> and your family. And- um, well, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and she has pretty much the female version of what you just explained. <laughs> um, she was a little bit more calculated in the beginning, you know, she was when she was figuring out the whole walking thing and everything. Um but it was kind of cute because her first real, like, um, confident walking was at her birthday party. And I think it was just because mm-hmm. she wanted to get away from everybody because there was too many people there <laughs> and she was yeah. so freaked out. <laughs> yeah. But she started running, like, literally oh, the week no. before she was walking and then she was running and it was over. So I was just kind of like, okay, I know how this is going to go. <laughs> and we had our falls and she actually chipped her front tooth when she was... I don't know, I think it was like around 13 months or something. I'm, I'm not one of those moms that writes it down. I probably yeah. <laughs> should have. But, um, and you okay, know. Can you take a second and describe that? I mean, because we actually just had a chip tooth oh, experience really? not happen in the class, but a mom shared in the class. And the uncertainty, the blood, oh, yeah. the, the fear, the. I mean, it was, 
we ha- it was I, I remember the week really clearly because she had like three really bad falls that <laughs> week. I sound so such a bad mom. No, but uh, I want to say, and we're yeah. going. You guys, um, you guys are the honest moms to be here to do <laughs> yeah. this because I we can't put out this whole idea of playborhood and risk and go and there's not going to be blood and there's right. not going to be bruises right, right, and there's right. not going to be accidents if you give your child the freedom mm-hmm. to learn their body and their body's relationship to the world. Yeah. There's going to be more multiple mm-hmm. things yes. happening at certain senses, certain times because of this disequilibrium right. in skills. Right. Yeah. Each time she fell, she was like tripping up, which I thought was hilarious because I'm so clumsy. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be trying to get like inside up the patio door or yeah. whatever. And she just wouldn't quite make the step. Even mm-hmm. if I try to help her, it was like, leave me alone. So you both have age. children that pushed you away. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started to take my cues oh, yeah. from her, you know. But I mean... She's falling. She cuts through her lip the one time, and I'm like, okay, that was scary. I was shaking. I mean, I wasn't this cool and calm the whole time, you know, but by that third fall that week when she chipped her tooth, my husband's like, babe, like, she, look, there's blood. I'm like, she cut her lip earlier this week. It's just opened again. <laughs> <laughs> Were you always that calm about Blood and no. Injury. Oh, I get sick. Yeah, no. Oh gosh, my my friend had a major surgery, and they're just talking about it. I'm like, okay, You're I like, can't oh. talk anymore. It's so bad. So this but just came from feeling connected to I, I think so. Yeah, like and kind of like you were saying, like my intuition with her just kind of was like, I have to let her do this. You yeah. know, like I, if I'm there holding her hand, that's not her personality, and I don't feel like she's going to grow that way. You know. Right. I also think it's kind of normal. Sorry, I don't know. No, it's fine. I also think just while you're saying it, I think it's normal in the beginning to be a little freaked out. Of course. Because you've never had a kid, you never had it happen, and I think the more it happens, you start to realize like. Okay, it's gonna be okay. Right. I'll hug them, kiss the boo boo, let them know mommy's here, right. and then we're gonna move on. It was you know? so much easier when she was younger to move on. Like now the toddler, th- oh my gosh, I have a boo boo. I know. Boo boo is a month old. Stop it. That's true. Um, <laughs> okay, but I have but, uh, Stephanie Englander, um, amazing early childhood educator and rabbi's wife here. Ta- sent me a song link once and I recommend it for everyone and we know kids love band-aids and mm-hmm. we know that there's this whole <laughs> experience about taking care of my boo-boos right and so yeah. and but the song is called I'm hungry I need a band-aid <laughs> and it's priceless it. right. that's a toddler line yes. right because yeah. first of all she'll get the humor of it right and and then you get the satisfaction of knowing well yeah I can't have a band you don't need a band-aid for right. everything right. but you also start creating this foundation it is my favorite favorite way of teaching children how do you communicate what do you need that is because great. most times what you think you need isn't really what you need right right <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry right I yeah, need a band-aid that's we'll put, it's a it's a link that I have in one of my articles and um yeah it's a it's a favorite but it's the band-aid experience is is part of you know maybe it's like a sports person showing the cast right you exactly. know? yeah like, maybe oh, she's got boo boo like, man <laughs> oh. Come on, Zia. Uh, But what I was going to connect it to, though, is, like, also for me, anyway, earlier, like, there's the guilt that came with it, you know? And Uh, I didn't even actually notice, to be honest, that she actually really chipped her tooth for, like, a couple weeks or something. Okay. And it was like, (laughs) oh, oh, my gosh, she chipped her tooth, you know? Because there was blood and it was her lip, whatever. But um, then I... 
no ripping on mommy and me or anything because it changed my life. But I would go to mommy and me and I would go to these classes and they'd be like, oh, her tooth. <gasps> what happened? <gasps> you know, and it's like, she fell. <laughs> I was okay with it before you said something. I don't know. It was just and, a whole And now we're back to the we're in the minority. Yeah. I mean, uh, and it's two things. I mean, and, and I want to explore all aspects of it. So the when you realize that it's a few weeks mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, so maybe it starts with the, hmm, should I have done something here? Right. Um, and the yeah. idea, and you being able to let yourself off the hook mm-hmm. and know that they are resilient, resourceful, and not making a big deal of, and overlooking some of this is actually going to change right. the person she will and he will be. Right. Yes. Um, so there's that layer that comes from within, which was, Oh, what's a good mommy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the eternal question. Of- Google. <laughs> oh, yeah, Google. <laughs> and then the second, and then that second layer, right. which is how do I handle everybody else's judgment right. about whether I've handled this appropriately? Um, yeah. I have to say, though, it's cute because obviously I look at that tooth every day and it's just so part of her character now and it's and it makes me think of that it's and I'm not a like, permanent too exactly. right right but like that's just so my girl like of course she fell and chipped her too <laughs> you know? well Oliver actually has a chipped tooth also I'll have to show you next week <laughs> but it's for a totally different reason oh, it's really? not because he you know fell he was at a play place I won't I'm not going to say the name obviously mm-hmm. but he was at a he was at a play place at like a little door that swung in and out and oh we have complained about it for a few weeks to staff, to the manager or whatever, because it would swing kind of hard and it was metal. And I'm like, why would they put in a, in a, in the tot little, you know, mm-hmm. area, like that kind of a door. And sure enough, one day, like he just, I turned around one of the moms in there was talking to me and then it was just like slow motion. When I think about it, I turned around and there he was right at the door and some other little girl wanted to come in as he was trying to mm-hmm. push the door and have fun with it. And she just like, Boom, whack, and it went right to his mouth, blood everywhere. And then I saw the tooth, and the same thing. I was like, oh, my God, I called the dentist. What are we going to do? Oh, my God, do we have to get it fixed? What are we going to do? Does it, uh, I mean, it just was, you know, and then she's like, okay. She's like, it's not a permanent tooth. Remember that. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Good point. Good point. Right. Okay, Kim, it's not a permanent tooth. But you took you know, him to the dentist to look at it to see if it needed to be filed or anything? Yeah, because it was pretty, it was pretty, <laughs> I told I'm him. only saying it for all I those totally people did. out there that are saying, what would they have said not, if we would have the record. <laughs> I and actually did, because I'll tell you why. It it looked, you know, since he's my first, and I, you know, I, I didn't know, I don't know what looks normal for a chipped tooth. And it was quite significant to my eyes. Oh, so I was like, right. God forbid, there's like nerve, it, there's right. like a nerve and it's hurting him. I don't know. Right. So I was like, I didn't want my kid to have like a dead tooth a week later because right. I didn't right. take right. it. Yeah. And the dentist okay. was like, oh, it's fine. And mm-hmm. now let's go it. through that scenario because again, another great scenario when we're talking about a playborhood, mm-hmm. this is not just your child in the child bubble taking right. their risks all by themselves. Right. Part of this article was about giving children the freedom to play together yes. and sometimes make mistakes, mm-hmm. yes. you know, and and do all, I mean, again, maybe a metal door doesn't belong in an indoor play space right. in South Florida, mm-hmm. but right. everyone is telling us that the playgrounds all through Europe have risk and features that are uncommon and unheard of yeah. in a litigious culture like the United States. Right. So... It's very interesting, you know, 
what is appropriate on pl- in place basis. Right, right. So, but let's go through that scenario of you're watching in slow motion. It's not your fault. So now, now you can ask, do I have to blame somebody else? Right. And I'm going to put it out there because yeah. it is the legitimate question. Um, and and then how you managed my somebody else hurt my child. Well, believe it or not. I think because of the situation it was that, you know, all the moms around me felt really sorry for me. So everybody was like, and then everybody was upset because they had also been complaining about the gate. Mm-hmm. So in this scenario, I had a unity of, you know, all the moms around me and they felt so bad for me and everybody was helping me and I'm so sorry and whatever. And then the mom whose little daughter did it was like, I hate saying did it actually because yes, it's not yes. like she literally of course not, looked right. at Oliver and said she was just I want to slap you in the mouth like then, right. yeah and that and people need to know that yeah, I mean right. and especially now again it was a little girl that did it but we had a podcast once about physical boys who are bigger than the average child that age there's a yeah. lot of judgment of you know those those children that come <laughs> What steamrolling through yeah, play yeah, yeah. spaces right. that yeah. are like, oh, that child you have to watch out for. So you got hit by a girl, right? So so she's innocent. But if you get hit by a steamrolling boy who's who's exuberant right. in his play, right. Sometimes well, there's other judgments. That would happen. Right. I'll have so, to admit, if that was the case with Oliver, I would probably be um, a little frustrated. Just because, you know, oh, you know, with the the problem with the gate, again, because of the scenario and right. the situation, whatever, mm-hmm. I might have been a little more, like, frustrated. Like, maybe if he just would have slowed down a little or not yes, been so yes, rough. Right. But again, you know, the thing with that is, is that everybody else's kid has their own personality. They all have their own ways. And a lot of times it's not even the parenting. That's right. That reflects how, the you know, the kid is. And so... Um, Ultimately, I would have not cared that much at that point. It just would have been like, is my kid okay? And that's that, you know. But in that scenario that I went through, everybody was really supportive. And that's the key, I think, the nurturing, the support, the Everyone was very, very, very kind and helpful and... You know, there was no judgment in in that one. Mm -hmm. And that's and and the reason I'm putting it out there, only because if you're... In those old days of, of letting children play... In yeah. their own neighborhoods, unsupervised, unstructured, right. kids make poor choices on a regular basis, yeah. and and adults can't manage all of that. I mean, right. that was my reaction Control. to reading this article. Right. Control me. Was, you know what? Yeah, I had an unsupervised, unstructured childhood, yeah. but I knew I was taking risks that adults would not condone. Right. Correct. And, and be and that was the that was the excitement of it. Mm-hmm. And but so a, and a, there's almost this contradiction of an adult planning yeah. an unstructured, unsupervised experience because no, no, you got to keep the adults out of the equation. Correct. Um, and and I just want to say that you know if we're going to move towards that, we have to be really honest about right. fears, anxieties, and the judgments that creep up even if we're going to quiet them in our pauses. Right, Just like you right. have to quiet them for yourself. Yeah. Like, no, I'm a good mom. Of course I'm a good mom. Yeah. Um, but I do think you are... Let's go back to being in the minority mm-hmm. because when you described chuckling, <laughs> there is, there's something about you guys that, that takes that has joy and celebration mm-hmm. in watching your children grow separate from you. And I think that's that that is a minority viewpoint right um, mm-hmm. a little bit. But what, what were you thinking when you said I'm in the minority? We're in the minority. So um, I, I feel like when I'm at you know 
the park or play places or, you know, places like that, I, I kind of feel like I'm the only one not hovering. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's some moms that really don't over, you know, hover, or, you know, but I literally feel like I have to act like I'm getting involved and Oliver on the on the slide. I right? was just gonna say I right? hover because I feel like I'm supposed to. <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't oh, really let me just so I wouldn't normally if no the, one else were there. Yeah. See, yeah. but the truth is, and you know, if I feel like he's getting too far away from me, I'm like, okay, this is not okay. I need I need to at least know your, you know, whatever. But a lot of times I just take a blanket snacks, you know, whatever it may be, and I set up a whole area on he the grass. He knows where you are. He knows where I am. I can see him. It's a safe area. Um, and I just literally will, like, sometimes lie down on the ground or hang out, and I just watch him. And, you know, if he gets too far away again, you know, or he goes for, like, the extra high right. slide that has all the, you know, openings Open. on the side where, yeah, he can't judge that. Okay, fine. I'll get up for that. Right. But otherwise, I kind of just let him... Do so his what's thing. the mm-hmm. message? I mean, because everyone loves the myth that we should just let our children have this free experience and and on their own. Mm-hmm. But but people can't do it. I mean, right? Yeah. Where did your lack of where did your where did you were you raised this way to? Oh, my be mom and dad. Off? Oh, my mom and dad. Well, they were really hands on. But when it came to playtime, I literally would take my bike and go out the front door. And they wouldn't hear from me or see me for, like, three, four hours, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, all day long. Right. But I knew where I was. I knew where I needed to be. I had a lot of friends in the neighborhood. We would take off. Um, and I would check in. You know, that was my mom's one thing. Just let me know you're alive. Okay. <laughs> check in. And then I would say, hey, Mom, I'm here to have a to have snack ready for me. I'm here to mm-hmm. have my snack. Okay, bye. And I would leave again. You so know, so I would like message that. out there is please don't judge the parents who are willing to give their children the freedom. Right. Yeah. Um, anything to add to the... It's just funny she says that because my husband and I were talking about it the other day. And some of my favorite memories are on my bikes, on our bikes with my cousins. Yeah. And same thing, you know, and we had our little perimeter and then we had the little perimeter that we always went... <laughs> outside of but even I was telling him the other day that I remember the one time like there were because we were getting a little bit older at that point and there was like this you know like the bad boy at school or whatever and like his little friends or something and they were building ramps like that was the big thing was building ramps and we were like okay we're gonna go to the ramps and so we had this big plan of what we were gonna do and go whatever anyway we get halfway there where were you raised Arizona okay in the mountains um and we got halfway there, and my cousin looked at me, and she's like, you still want to go? I'm like, uh, let's just go tell your mom we're going and see if it's still okay. <laughs> <laughs> because when you're given that freedom and you, you're used to it, I feel like, of course, there's, there's an inner voice in them somewhere that's telling them, this may not be the right, right. 100% correct decision to be making, you know? And right. we did go back, and they let us go, and then we went, and we ramped our bikes, and my cousin fell and, like, sprained her ankle or whatever it was, and, of course, <laughs> we weren't allowed to do it anymore, but that's just what we wanted to do, you know, because it's like, we're outside all the time, and we were making up different games and different, you know, like, right. these berries that fell off the tree, and we were selling them. I mean, it was yes. just... <laughs> You were hustling at a young age. So your parents supported the risk taking. They were excited. They were equally excited about the ramp for you, if that's what you wanted to do. 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, and then when I got older, I mean, it was four-wheelers. I mean, I was in the forests on different trails with <laughs> one of my good friends on four-wheelers all the time after school. And we would, that was like That's a awesome. thing, you know? And we would go to the gas station and save up our quarters to get like a snack and then we'd take it out to the woods. It was just like... Yeah. So you so had a amazing. lot of freedom. Yeah. Freedom. And it's like, sometimes I look back at it and I'm like, is that too much freedom? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, like I... Because again, if Zia were... 12 I probably was like yeah. am I letting her ride an ATV I mean now you can't anymore I think anyway, it would depend on your child's personality too I think you have a you you know what they're if they're mature enough for certain things so course. I think that that can help and you're going to learn feelings. how you coach them and support them through it I right. mean I have a nephew that's a downhill mountain biker and in kindergarten <laughs> um I'm in Colorado with them and he comes down and says dad told me I had to pick my feet up so I didn't break my ankles and I was like is that appropriate? Like, <laughs> a kindergartner knows to, I mean, that's a big risk. Yeah. yeah. And, and my, my nephew looked at me and went, did he break anything? <laughs> and, and this is now four years later. Right. He's racing. He's never broken anything. The dad will post the picture on Facebook of him going, flying over the handlebars right. with right. his helmet in full gear. I mean, he's taken great spills right. and dad celebrates it. Right. But, and, but he's also taught him a ton of responsibility right. right and 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 it comes i mean i think that's what it is there is not a recklessness mm-hmm. to risks necessarily it's right. not risk for risk for the sake of risk is i think whether it's the one-year-old in my room leaping off the side of the slide because they want to try something while nobody's looking right and, right. and, they're, and it's an attention getting we're going to make everybody crazy right. dynamic yeah. versus i love climbing i'm strong i mean yes. i have a little girl in my playground she's turning two she's in our transition and and she's in a testing road. I mean, mm-hmm. she's she's testing mode all the way. And so again, pick and choose your battles. Right. So what she does is she climbs to the top of this piece of equipment. And I realized she's doing it just because she wants me to engage in drama. So I looked and I said, "Wow, you're up really high. Better hold tight." And I walked away. <laughs> and I still watched. <laughs> and she and she straddled it. And then she went. She like looked oh, at me wait, like. Wait. My teacher's, <laughs> right. my teacher's crazy. And she like held on. She she like tipped both sides to see how it felt. Right. And then she climbed back down. And and yes. it's very actually, actually she will go up there now for the last three weeks, I'll say she's gone up every class in the beginning. And we have this little thing like, I see you. Right. I see you. And right. she's like, like, you don't make a huge deal out it's of it. Like, and I trust you to get yourself down when right. you're ready to get down. And I know you don't need me. And and boom, she has responsibility for her choices. She's fine. See, I have this thing with my husband at home. Like, Oliver loves to climb the bar stools and the entertainment center and just anything that can be climbed on, dining table, whatever. Okay, fine. It's not appropriate to be on the dining table. I totally get that. (laughs) But a lot of times he'll do it, and I just, like, you know, I don't ignore him, but I don't, you know, get upset about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just let him know, really don't climb on tables. Tables are for eating, you know, get down and climb something else. <laughs> and then he'll, you know, a lot of times he'll just get down and he'll go climb something else. If it's but, working, no, it's not an issue. Right. But uh, the bar stools, he's, you know, that's where I feel like my husband gets nervous. And, he, okay. you know, he doesn't want him on there. He's, no, 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 no. And, get, and he, like, gets him so, down. You know, so, again, and this will go right to co-parenting strategies. Yeah. And I, I was going to ask if your husband is equally supportive of risk. And then I want to come back to talking about South Florida neighborhoods for this right. experience. Okay. But I think the easiest answer for the bar stools, because there's this little disagreement, um, and 
is just to look and go, you know what? Dad says no no climbing on, on, on bar stools. You okay. Know? And it's not about a judgment. It's right, just right. like dad's not comfortable with that. Right, dad, right, right. dad, dad, you know, dad wants us to sit on bar stools. Okay. You know, it's just like, and I'm supporting dad. Right. You yes. know, and, but yes. it's really like, if dad doesn't like it, yes. you know, and it's not excessive, like arbitrary, not this, not this, not this, <laughs> then it's like, right. you know what? Dad, dad thinks that's not safe. Right. Done. Right. That can be you dad's know? line. Right. That's so, so we can honor that. That's a good one, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's because my opinion that. is it doesn't matter who's right or wrong about bar stools. Right. What matters is that your children don't use the bar stools against you both. Right. Right. <laughs> because. And that's a good one, too. I didn't even think about that either. Oh, okay. Better to be, <laughs> better to support each other wrong. Yeah. Right. Than to undermine each other right. right. So <laughs> Oliver's thing, though, is, he, you know, he'll get on the bar stool and he'll say, sit down, sit down, you know, sit down, mommy. Okay, fine. So he'll climb up it and he'll sit on it. But then he wants to, you know, go on the counter. He wants to go in the fruit bowl. He wants to turn on the sink <laughs> and wash his hands. And so I honestly kind of let him do that. I think, right. and, and watch and see if it gets excessive. Again, you're, yeah. you, you're going to have very different standards than other people because you're laid back and you're easy going and you're really fine um so i think everybody gets to choose their rules for themselves right the trick is um if it's exhausting if it's not working if you're finding yourself engaged then what i would do especially now that he's getting closer to becoming two is you can say what what are you looking for up there try to make it more purposeful and the same yeah. thing's going to happen even in our classroom. When they start to just go from thing to thing to thing, because they're not really engaged, but it's like, I'm going to knock all these blocks down, <laughs> then I'm going to go spill this, yeah. then I'm going to pull everything off the table. It's right. like, okay, but let's find something to, let, let me find a way to challenge you. So give him a job, find a, make, find a, make him a placemat for the countertop and right. say, oh, are you ready to do some kitchen work? Here, tear yeah. some lettuce for mom. You know, get him, find ways to, right. and I had a friend that used to let her daughter sit on the kitchen counters all the time. Oh, he loves that. But, but she loves would sit it. there purposefully. Yes. So and say you, but you have to choose. So I think there are times when you have to guide and steer. Yeah. There's sometimes when it's. What about for you know in the in the sense of taking risks? Um, I, I see like these learning towers and all that stuff. Do you think that I haven't gotten one? He I has love a step the learning stool. tower because it's, it's it's such. I mean, I think we talked about it last yep. week. Um, it's just a great way for them to be helping and standing and participating at counter experiences, right. whether okay. it's whether it's cooking, whether it's. I mean, you he could be washing dishes in the sink for an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. Then, it, I'm gonna go get a learning tower. I now. love it. I have to you get know, one because now. a stool. Eventually, he's gonna slip. He's gonna get distracted. Yeah. The learning tower right. is gonna be great for years. Okay, you buy hear the that, grandma. One. Yeah, buy the, buy the good one. Hanukkah yeah. gift, grandma. <laughs> okay, so now let's talk about how realistic it is to create open neighborhood experiences in your neighborhoods in South Florida. Jessica. It's it's such a I um I was trying to think of the word before you came to me about it um not an oxymoron but kind of we live in a gated community I feel completely safe in there honestly maybe too safe I don't know I feel great in there we're at Mm -hmm. the end of the street we have a little area in front of our house um and I literally before we even built the house was thinking about my kids riding their bikes around you know because that's how I grew up I guess um but I can honestly tell you that I do not know well I might know one mom 
one mom in the entire neighborhood that I feel would allow her kids to come play with Zia and do the things that I want to allow her to do. Mm. And I feel like that's really restricting because who's she going to do it with, you know? So it's, it's challenging. And we actually, we bought a property up in, um, central Florida. Um, it's, we call it our lake house. It's on a lake Mm -hmm. and it's almost an acre of property. And we have a zip line and a trampoline and I mean, just a fire pit. We Mm -hmm. have just all this stuff that we want her to be able to experience, but that we know she's not going to get down here. We have a trampoline here, but, um, and I feel like that's how we're getting our balance right now, but Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure how we're going to approach it going forward. Like, and as you said when you posted the article, um, you know, you have to obviously be the change before change is going to come. Um, but like you were saying before as well, you know, the judgment and the, yeah, oh, well, she just lets her kid roam around, you know. <laughs> obviously, she's only almost three. I'm not doing that yet. But I mean, even as much as the, I saw this new bike, I don't know if you've heard of this yet, it's a... Um, uh, trike, if you will, but they use their feet, but it's got a, a tracker on it and it connects to your phone. Uh-huh. So you can always see where they're at without having to hover oh, and like be on top okay. of them or whatever. And I saw it the other day and I showed my husband and he's like, <laughs> where is she going? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh well, <laughs> you know, but I, I love the concept so much because it's yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know what age that is, but I would want to know, you know, she's moving and where she is. And, right. and also it gives you that license in this world to say, you think I'm not supervising, but look, I know I'm connected. Right. So it's almost right. like a permission thing, yeah. even right. though your parents didn't need that. Don't you right. think, though, but like I can actually kind of, I do kind of understand why a lot of parents handle their kids differently today mm-hmm. and Basically, what I'm trying to say is, is I feel like we do live in a bit of a different world now Absolutely. than we used to, right. and I feel like I feel like there was a lot more of a sense of community, mm-hmm. you know, when we were growing up than there is now. Mm-hmm. I do feel like we actually live in a very our neighborhood has a lot of kids, and mm-hmm. they play outside in the streets. That's okay, awesome. I didn't know that when we got do to they, the house. Do they put up signs and, and road things so that traffic slows and? Well, no, it's in the very very back. Okay. I mean, you can't. You know, and it's a small community, and everybody knows each other. So, mm-hmm. and they know there's kids out there, and people, for the most part, are really good about that. But I do, I, I feel like if I lived where you did, and mm-hmm. I, I saw there wasn't much activity, mm-hmm. I would probably hesitate a little bit too. Right. I don't know. I just feel, I do feel like it's a little different today than it used to be like when we were kids growing up. So I can kind of, I kind of understand. Right. I do understand. Yeah, it's yeah. like we have her little playhouse outside on this side of our house where it's on the garage side. So there's no windows unless I'm looking out from the second story, which is going to help me none if she needs me. And we had it set up to have a camera there. Um, and I let her do her thing and I go around and I peek around the corner without her knowing that I see her. And I just let her do her thing. And it's so cute because she's singing songs to the leaves and doing all these things. It's just <laughs> Because there adorable. is a difference in their play. Right. Um, when they know yes. you're yeah. hovering and when you're not. Oh, right. absolutely. Yeah. So totally. To each I agree with, with your with different that. De- degrees. Yes. Right. 
It's so the just, solution in your neighborhood. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's because you also want to be respectful of other people's fears and anxieties and hesitation and, and just even that pressure that they might have internalized mm-hmm. that says, you know, like, I can't be the one that makes the mistake. I can't right, be the right. one that takes that risk. Right. Um, and maybe their children aren't as confident as your children uh, or at least giving them the reassurances. Um, so, you know, but maybe it means, so if you can't start with unstructured, Maybe we can't start with unsupervised. Maybe you can start with unstructured. Right. You know, maybe yeah. you can start with water balloons. Mm-hmm. You know, or yeah, buckets of yeah. water, or yeah. buckets of dirt, or mm-hmm. you know, there are ways that's not huge risk. Right. But maybe you can be the fun house another way. Right. Right. Uh, instead right. of a zip line. I mean, I knew somebody that had a ton of dirt dumped in their backyard, um, and then that's they awesome. just put out fifty trucks and <laughs> shovels, right. and the kids just. Laid and right. the whole neighborhood came, but that's um, awesome. You know, or maybe it's picnics. Mm-hmm. You know, may I don't know. Maybe it's sidewalk chalk. Right. Maybe it's spray paint chalk. You know, like right, right. May you know what are the ways that you can start building those relationships? Yeah. Because I do believe that coming to to Oliver's moment with the with the metal door is. It, it has to start with community. It has to start right. with, with us not judging each other and yeah. really being there to support everybody. Right. But, yeah, we. I have a nine-year-old stepson as well, and when we were at the lake house over Thanksgiving, it was just so cute because we were going to have a fire, and we got them little flashlights, and they just went out on our property. We have a wraparound porch there, and we let them go look for sticks for the fire, and mm-hmm. it was just... Oh, it was adorable because you could tell they they knew like they were getting this freedom and my stepson just kind of took this like big brother role even though yeah. he's only nine years old but he's like Zia you have to stay close to me come on over here and I'm listening to them out there and I'm just like this is amazing because they would not get this here and there's a right, lot of right. people saying that fire is one of those primitive yeah. experiences that should not be completely removed from children's lives. And I've heard stories of two-year-olds lighting matches in Israel for Shabbat candles. Um, I can't even even imagine. (laughs) I'm like imagining, here, Oliver, light the match for Shabbat candles. He would die. That would be the end. Well, yeah, I'm not sure we're ready for it. I'm just putting some of it out there to say some of the things that we are horrified Mm -hmm. at are not, um, are taken for granted or at least part of everyday experience in other places. So, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, sure. Tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. But we're already okay. at wrap-up. Um, okay. So the question, whether it's for your your neighborhood, your backyard space, your how you will create the opportunities for your children, how you will continue to honor their risk, how you will do your piece um, with with change starting with us, mm-hmm. of, um, of how you got this for right here, for right now. So because you've done this before, Jessica, I'll start with you and give Kim another second to think. Um, I just think that I just I have to stick to my commitment to honor it for myself as a mom to stay sane with an adventurous daughter like I have um, and to tune out everything else, to be honest. And I'm sure sometimes that's not always going to go perfectly in the way that I want it to, but, you know, she would never have had such fearless jumps on the trampoline, you know, and gotten so high and had such great balance at such a young age if I had been different, you know? Well, I have one more question for Mm -hmm. you. Um, 
about honoring it, and that is when you said you felt the mommy and me judgment, Mm -hmm. um, how did you manage that and still keep those relationships open and going? It's an interesting question because it actually was very challenging for me for for a few months because it would be like, you know, you want to have people over and you want them to interact and whatever, Mm -hmm. and then... We go outside. <laughs> it's like I literally put her in and zip it up and just sit back and watch. And they're like, no. And they're unzipping it and they're going over there and they're trying to reach through the, the you know, the netting or whatever. And Zia's just cracking up, like flopping all over the place. And I'm like, um, are you okay? <laughs> you know, Zia thinks it's a game. She's just like jumping to like make the other kid like flop all over. Um, but so yeah, there is still that, it was, you, it's you coming to terms with a sense of isolation and, right. and, and loneliness in this per, per aspect of your parenting. Exactly. And I have just learned that, you know what, uh, that's me and my personality and that's going to be, I guess, my role in my friendships is like, it's, you know, maybe I let them figure out how to relax a little bit. I don't know. You know, I'm not trying to teach yeah. anybody anything, but I'm certainly just going to be myself and try to, you know, stay true to it, I guess. And mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Kim, how have you got this? Okay, so I guess um, basically whenever I became a mom, I didn't really have a lot of, like, friends with kids. So for me, it was getting out there. That really helped me kind of come out of my shell. And I wish I did it sooner. So Come out of your shell or had children? Come out of my shell (laughs) after I had Oliver in the way that I am now. Because before him, I was, you know... I was a certain way, and then now I'm kind of like, you know, oh, it. You can swear now. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Um, I just don't give a shit like I used to. (laughs) I knew you needed to. I needed to just get it out. I just don't give a shit anymore. The way you know, I used to just care what everybody thought, and okay, I have to do, I have to do this the right way, and 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 everybody's watching, and it has Mm -hmm. to be like this and like that, or else you know, you're not doing it the right way. And the truth is, is that there is no real right way. It's just more like how, whatever's right for your family and you as an individual. And let me tell you something actually about mom friends. It all started with my girlfriend, Melissa. I started hanging out with her and she is super, super laid back. I mean, at first I was kind of like, um, this is uncomfortable, you know? And then like, I learned from her. I will tell you right now, I learned to relax in ways that I never even thought I would when I met her. I need to have her here. I yeah. want, yeah, she, well, she's the one who's planning her daughter's birthday, her second birthday, yeah. And I really wanted her to well, come. cheers to you, Melissa. Yes, Yay. thank you, girlfriend. And cheers to everybody who makes somebody else uncomfortable and we find our way yes. to find peace in that and through that. Yes. So that that's kind of um, my thing is that, you know, having great mom friends and, you know, learning that I am doing good and Oliver is doing good and this is actually better for me and I'm not stressed out anymore and I'm not worried about what other people think. And that's that, you know. So I look back and I'm like, man, I, I wish I got out there sooner. I wish I put myself out there sooner. I wish I trusted in him sooner. And I would have been able to, like, relax a little bit more. So I'm in a really great place in that regard now. I love it. I want to bottle it for everybody. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, 
listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.